0: Welcome to Beyond Dark Focus, I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver About Wizard and Glass, the fourth novel in the Stephen King Dark Tower saga.
1: When you forget what you're about to say. There's so many things. it takes you a minute.
0: There's so many things to say. We are in the... Oof. Eighth chapter of the second part of the book It's like, oh crap, it's Roman numerals Think, think, think is, this is how eight? we read it
1: Is it really eight?
0: I mean, I'm at eight Unless I uh, went to the v next one V is
1: four, V is five yeah, And then six, eight. seven, yeah Yay I
0: know my Roman numerals It takes a half a second But I know them I don't remember what 50 was Is it L, I think?
1: I don't know It gets crazy I like think it's L It gets crazy after the tens, okay? <laughs>
0: Well, you don't get another one. Take get the fifty yeah. again. I think it's an L, and then a hundred is a C, I think.
1: Yes, yes. I and a thousand, ask. I think, is an M. Don't ask. I and don't then ask. if you
0: add a line above it or under above it, I think it multiplies it times a certain amount. There's a whole thing. It's a whole thing.
1: What's that note. <laughs> what is that?
0: V I I I. Okay.
1: Chapter V
0: found something interesting today. Mm. Someone's uh, birthday at work is the 5th of November.
1: Remember, <laughs> remember, the 5th of November. It's like, oh, that's, that's kind of
0: clever. I like that. That's a pretty th- nice little birthday there.
1: Interesting. I-,
0: I won't forget it off of that alone.
1: Uh, you'll, you'll remember it's someone's birthday. That's it. Uh, you, probably yeah. not. I, I, don't, I don't think I'll forget it at this point.
0: Oh, okay. uh, I mean, just... Eat. 11 days short of your birthday
1: okay I had to was that a calculations yeah. yes I had to uh, calculate a minute because the last time we had a discussion discussions about birthdays um sandy's like when's your birthday and I'm like I don't know I don't have one and then he's like it's the 15th and I'm like
0: And it was the 15th or 16th and I was thinking, I knew it was one of those. Yeah. And it was 16. Now, did I happen to go through your Facebook they- back and forth <laughs> until I found someone who congratulated on your birthday? Maybe I did. <laughs> and was it there? Yes, it was.
1: It's okay. The first time I put your birthday into my phone, like the calendar, um, I put it as the 6th. I don't know why, I don't know why, but I I put it in as the sixth, and you're like, you're like, the eighth is Monday, you're like, that's my birthday, and I was like,
0: I'll change that. (laughs) I was wrong on that. (laughs) So, uh, and again, I won't forget now, Hmm? I went through all the effort, I won't, it won't won't be forgotten now. The
1: effort, really, was it effort? It was effort. Someone says November 5th.
0: I won't forget your birthday now. Oh,
1: okay. After that
0: or the <laughs> thought we were After I slightly, kind of, maybe forgotten exactly which day, I won't forget now. Especially since I had to go back through your Facebook. <laughs> it's a
1: mission impossible over here. Yeah, you, gotta, you
0: gotta do the research. You gotta figure it out. Well, I think that's enough about birthdays. Oh,
1: yeah. Presents are always welcome. Ooh, what, what is today? <laughs> today
0: is... The 20-something-ish... I should know. I mean, I was just looking at his stuff. This is coming out on the 29th. So if we work backwards from there.
1: Yes. It's the 29th. Today is the 25th.
0: Tomorrow is my brother's birthday. Oh,
1: yesterday was my brother's birthday.
0: Which I don't talk to you at all, so I won't wish him a happy birthday. But oh. it is his I birthday wish, tomorrow.
1: I wish my brother a happy birthday. Happy <laughs> belated birthday. Happy but early birthday to a person I've never met in my life. Yeah, so. and
0: you probably never will. <laughs> I only, mean, I only seem occasionally at very certain family events. So, it's not, not likely.
1: Are you sure? Are you sure?
0: If you come to a family event!
1: <laughs> so, on that note. On that note, maybe we five, should go through the book. Five minutes in, we haven't even read the first sentence. Well. We got to chapter V.
0: <laughs>
1: Did we even read the title of the chapter?
0: No we didn't. Beneath the peddler's moon.
1: Ooh. Is spooky, the peddler's moon a thing? spooky. Do you know? What? the peddler's moon is a thing? I was just trying to figure out what time like time frame we're looking at.
0: I don't know all these fancy things. I was making fun of something they because they they were talking about they kinda of, they like the zodiac signs. They were talking about like relationships between certain zodiacs and stuff. i like, oh, that's all bullcrap. Because it totally is.
1: To each their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. Okay, so the town of Ritzy, nearly 400 miles west of Magus, was anything but Roy DePape reached it three nights before the peddler's moon, called Late Summer's Moon by some, came full and left it a day later. What was it, the knee slap?
0: Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Just found something funny.
1: Oh, okay.
0: It's all it's all so it's, it's all up here, folks. It's all up here. There's not a lot up here, but it's all up here. What is?
1: I don't know what's going on. I can't read minds. I don't have that power. I don't want that power. So we're good. Uh
0: Good old Ritzy. Good old DePape.
1: So yes, so Working in the last chapter, yes, De Pape was sent out and pretty much told, you find information on where these boys came from and don't come back till you do. Or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that's basically what happened.
1: Yeah. And we also left Elaine, Cuthbert, and Roland kind of figuring out what's going on with Roland. Roland came back all starry-eyed and... Dreamy.
0: And had a blonde hair on him.
1: Yes. So Elaine and Cuthbert are like, well, he's dead. See,
0: I was thinking blonde, and that's where my little spout about the window and the blonde hair and everything Mm was came from, but that picture was not, she she didn't have blonde hair in this picture. That's not blonde hair. Not even really kind of blonde hair. No, not not
1: the golden blonde that they talk about, no. but it's we if this is really Rhea I mean
0: guys <laughs> Come on if you're going to do interpretation she could get some stuff right. Okay,
1: hey, abstract, abstract. Very abstract, okay. Extremely so abstract, abstract.
0: they we were pretty convinced it's not even the same person. Cuz
1: I mean even in this one if that's who we think it is, it's still not blonde hair, so.
0: I'm just saying maybe you should have the, the descriptions they give you in the book to pretend like you were trying.
1: No. So, pretty much the first page just gives a description of the little town being ugly, and it's literally just a street. It is a street with everything on that one street, and that is this town.
0: Yeah, we got a long description of this town.
1: It's a mining town.
0: A town that... As far as I'm aware, will never be brought up ever again in anything. But we needed this extreme description of this mining town that means nothing.
1: With how short this chapter is, they needed something. Okay? I guess. Um, And apparently the paper they knew about this place because the coffin hunters used to, I don't know, I guess you'd say. They run. did something here. Yes. And this is,
0: I think he said, oh no, somewhere close to here is where they got their tattoos.
1: Yes. It was 50 miles from here. In a place called the Town of the Wind. Nasaka. Which was even less ritzy than ritzy. Nasaka,
0: the Valley of the Wind.
1: I think that place was nicer than this
0: place. Probably, probably. But it's the Valley of the Wind. Yay!
1: You can tell how interesting this chapter is going to be already, okay? No, what happens in this yeah. chapter. It's a very
0: very uninteresting chapter.
1: So, uh, he pretty much rides into town. He's trying to seek information. We kind of get the whole little foreshadowing thing where we already know something's going. He's going to get his information from someone, but they have to give the entire thing.
0: Well, I mean, we wouldn't be hearing about it if he wasn't getting anything. Why. He came. We have this whole chapter. He found nothing. Moved on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it wasn't. It, it's kind of like how we've been talking, where it's like literally we get the get part of the ending, and then we get the actual story, and then we get to the ending, and you're just like,
0: okay. Yeah, he likes to do that. He does like to do that. The pape had no trouble following the young cull's back trail. They had come east on the great road, uh, the whole way from New Cannon. It appeared. And at the very every town where they had stopped, they had been marked. In most, they were, in most, they were marked. If they did no more than pass through, and why not, the young men. On good horses, no scars on their faces, no regulator tattoos on their hands, like the coffin hunters there, Uh, good clothes on their backs, expensive hats on their heads. They were remembered especially well in the inns and saloons where they had stopped to refresh themselves, but had drunk no hard liquor, no beer, or gaff either, for that matter, Yes, they were remembered. Boys on the road. Boys that seemed almost to shine as if they had come from an earlier, better time.
1: And almost right before that, we get a very um interesting description of what DePape really, really wants to do these to to do to these boys, which includes just killing them, laying out flat, and peeing on them. Yes, he really wants to just pee on these dead kids Which is just really weird, but
0: Well It's a different time
1: I've heard like, you know Spit on your grave, but piss on your face Is just something totally different
0: That movie was weird
1: (laughs) Oh, I Spit on Your Grave? Yeah,
0: it's a weird movie People throwing up in other people's mouths and stuff, it was weird
1: I was thinking of a totally different movie
0: Maybe that's may dragging me to hell. It is. Yeah. Okay.
1: I Spit on Your Grape is about the chick, I believe, who gets raped and left for dead, and then she comes back and, like, she's not Maybe dead. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. She's she's not I'm dead. The other one. She drags herself out and pretty much starts trapping the guys that did this to her.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's really,
1: horror. really messed up. Yeah.
0: That's why I don't watch horror movies generally. It's just like, can we get good ones? that I was actually a really good see, one
1: it was just really messy. You know, I, 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 yeah. I don't think I saw that but one but no drag me to hell yes I understand
0: it's like you gotta find gyms and gyms are hard to find in horror movies people just like horror stuff and I don't think most people just don't care if it's really like good or not Ah, it's another a horror movie it's scary it's creepy it's messed up it's something I just find very few of them to be like legitly good movies
1: did you watch Sinister no you need to watch Sinister <sighs>
0: I'm pretty sure it didn't look good. That's why I didn't watch it, I'm sure. What is it? Do you
1: know what... (laughs) It didn't look good. I don't know. Well, if it's
0: not sticking out of my mind and I didn't actually go see it, it probably didn't look good to me. well,
1: I didn't see it until I just randomly picked it up. But um, it is the one... I can't for the life of me remember the actor. But he is a writer about true crime... And he moves his family into a house where he knows something horrible has happened, but he doesn't tell his wife about it. And he... I film cells yes. or something.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The commercial oh, wasn't very interesting. Oh, so.
1: it's amazing. It's actually one of my favorite horror movies. <laughs>
0: well, maybe one day. Maybe maybe one day, and then I can agree or disagree. We'll find out.
1: We'll go over it on some show that we do.
0: I mean, somehow, someway, some. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. I think
1: we just had this discussion right before we started about how this episode is going to be short unless we do exactly what we just did. Yeah,
0: unless we veer off every chance anything reminds me of another movie. Oh,
1: okay. So yes, yeah, so apparently it's just he this he hates these boys and he especially hates Mr. Arthur Ha Ha Heath
0: because he's the one who got the drop on him. He's the one who shot his finger. He's the one who started it all.
1: It said, They had been noticed, all right, but that wasn't good enough. If he went back to Hambury with no more than that, Jonas would likely shoot his nose off, and he would deserve it. They may be rich boys, but that's not all they are. De Pape had said that himself. The question was, what else were they? And finally, in the stench of Ritzy, he had found out. Not everything, perhaps, but enough to allow him to turn his horse around before he found himself all the way back in New Cannon. So, he pretty much went bar hopping.
0: Yeah, yeah. He hit two other saloons, sipping watered beer in each. Before rolling into Haddigan's. he ordered yet another watered beer and prepared to engage the bartender in conversation. Before, even, before he even began to shake the tree, however... The apple he wanted fell off and dropped into his hands, neat as you please.
1: I actually really like that. I found that imagery cool. I just, <laughs> I, just, I just found it interesting. Like, I mean, you you think about someone, of course, going to shake down someone for information, and before you can even do it, it just, just drops. It's Speaking just really of cool apples falling shut up. into just streams
0: shut up. <laughs> and going down to the stream for other people.
1: Yes. Go pimp out your drawings. <laughs> pimp out your drawings.
0: Like, well, anything reminds me of anything. We'll just bring it up, because why not?
1: By the way, he's doing a drawing show where he, he he just has the pictures that he's working on, and he puts them up. So yeah, go watch that. Some,
0: some things. Every once in a while. Kind of.
1: See, this is why you're bad at advertising. Okay? Mm. You can't pimp out your stuff by going, it's okay, maybe, sometimes, I don't know.
0: Eh, yeah, well... Tell other people to figure out.
1: So he's trying to be a man of mystery.
0: Uh, uh, Yeah, super mystery. (laughs) I've got hundreds of episodes online. such a mystery. No one knows nothing about me.
1: So apparently there was a old drunk guy just kind of sitting in the corner, mouthing off. Everyone in the bar is like, dude, you're just messed up. Like, you're a joke. Hmm. Says I know all right, he said, I've forgot more than you'll ever learn so I have, which we have run into that saying before, and I absolutely love it.
0: Now that you know what it means. Hmm? We went over the last book. Oh, it seemed okay. like it was a mystery you'd never heard it's, term well, ever in your entire life. Yeah,
1: I hadn't. And it was weird because I had to read it a couple of times before I was like, what what, what what? are we talking about here? But no, I, I got it. I got it now, and I really like it. But it says, One of them at least came from the elbow line, for I saw his father in his face, just as clear as I see your saggy boobs, Jolene. Jolene.
0: Jolene. Jolene.
1: Jolene. Don't you dude To which she proceeds hand? to just yank her shirt out, pour his beer down it, and then she flips out.
0: Yeah, she slams away. Someone got glass inside like, his Like, literally a, just a a takes mug his and...
1: beer and just... Whoosh.
0: Inside his head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not the best
1: idea. All right. And then, no, of course, fun. kicks him out. Everybody starts kicking him on his way out. And he gets goes sprawling on the street.
0: Yeah, and... The pape has sauntered after him, sauntered, a fun little word there, and helped him up, as he did. So he smelled the acrid odor, not beer, on the old man's breath, and saw the t- tell telltale, I want, I, want to say, I want to say like tall-tail, but it's not tall. Tale, it's telltale. tale.
1: because well, talltale is a thing. I, I know. Have...
0: Telltale greenish-gray discolorations at the corner of his lips. Weed, all right. The old bastard was probably just getting started on it, and for the usual reason, devil grass was free in the hills, unlike the beer and whiskey that was sold in town. But once they started, they finished, But the finish came quick. Once they started, the finish came quick. Yeah, I mean, we got a great description of some guy on Devil Weed in the first book. Yeah, yeah he was—he was a just a lovely gentleman. I can't
1: remember his name.
0: I don't think it was that important, really, but
1: it was, it was important at that time.
0: I, don't, I have no idea what the weed eater's start, was name an was. An N. I
1: want to say it started with an N. Nathan. N- no, it was not Nathan. He was a very Nathan.
0: T- he was a fairly tall fella, shaved head.
1: You're awful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> you're fired.
0: You expect to find it just oh willy-nilly like that?
1: Well, if I knew how this thing worked. Because, I mean, it was literally a giant chunk of the book.
0: I know. Well, good luck there. Proceed. Yeah. By the end of here, she'll find it eventually. Yes, I mean, it is in that book.
1: Because he's talking to... He, he was talking to Brown... And then,
0: wasn't it like towards the beginning of the book? Was it the first time he came to, not the second?
1: Well, I I want to say it was it was it's one of those things where he, I thought he went to Brown's, watched further, and then it kind of was like a passed out, and then remembered what had happened.
0: Maybe. I always forget what order all that happened in.
1: Yeah, he. Uh, and then Cuthbert. There we go, okay. Sylvia Pittance. That lovely little lady. Called Roland the... Nort! She did not call Roland Nort, but... I said she... she called,
0: called Roland Nort!
1: <laughs> she called Roland the Antichrist, but yes. And then... But yeah, no, it was Nort. Nort. Nort
0: i the- similar to Nathan.
1: We... Oh, God. Moving on. <laughs> So, yes,
0: it says, Uh, the old man gazed at him in the light of the moon, which rode, uh, rode the slot of the sky above the alley. All you for mages or Tapachi? Tapachi. Maybe one, maybe the other, maybe neither. Be mystery, then. Be a mystery man. You could have told the guy anything.
1: Do I know you? The old bastard was looking at him even more closely, standing on tiptoe as for hoping for a kiss. Eh. Um, DePape pushed him away. and Not so close, Dad. It's really weird that he just lapsed into calling the guy Dad, but okay. Yet he felt marginally encouraged. He and Jonas and Reynolds had been there before, and if the old man remembered his face, likely he wasn't talking through his hat about fellows he'd seen much more recently. "'Tell me about the, re- the three young lords, old dad,' De Pape rapped on the wall of Hadigans. "'Them and there may not be interested, but I am.' "'The old bastard looked at him with a bleary, calculating eye. "'Might there be a bit of metal in it for me?' "'Yar,' De Pape said. "'If you tell me what I want to hear, I'll give you metal.' "'Gold?' "'Tell me. And we'll see.' "'No, sir. Dicker first. Tell second.' de pape seized him by the arm whirled him around and yanked a wrist which felt like a bundle of sticks up to the old man's scrawny shoulder blades screw with me dad and we'll start by breaking your arm let go the old bastard screamed breathlessly let go i'll trust you your generosity young sir for you have a generous face yes 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 indeed yeah he has a generous face we'll go with that that was exactly generous
0: super generous if you don't want to lose your arm The old bastard taken the question thoughtfully. Uh, The whack on the head, the night air, and having his arm twisted seemed to have sobered him up. At least temporarily. Both, I do believe, he said at last. One was a lord for sure. Whether them in there believe it or not. For I saw his face. His face bore the guns. Nope. That's gotta be right.
1: Father.
0: That makes more sense. I don't know where I got face from.
1: (laughs) For I saw his
0: father. And his father bore the guns. Not much, po- no, not such poor things as you wear. Begging your pardon. I don't need you to kill me right now because I'm calling you guns crap. Uh, I know they're the best that, uh, to be had in these days. But real guns. Such as were seen when my o- my own dad was a boy. The big ones with the sandalwood grips. Yep, 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 yep. The pape. "'had stared at the old man, feeling a rise of excitement and a species of reluctant awe. "'As well, they acted like gunslingers,' Jonas had said. "'When Reynolds protested, they were too young!' "'Jonas had said they might be apprentices, and now it seemed the boss had likely been right. "'Sandalwood Grips?' he had asked. "'Sandalwood Grips, old dad.' Old dad. Yep, the old man saw his excitement and his belief. He expanded visibly. A gunslinger, you mean? This one young fellow's father carried the big irons. Yep, a gunslinger. One of the last lords. Their line is passing now. But my dad knew him well enough, Stephen Deschain of Gilead, Stephen, son of Henry. And this one you saw not long ago, his son Henry, the tall's grandson. The others looked well-born, as if they might also come from the line of the lords. But the one I saw came all the way from Arthur Eld, by one line or another. Sure, you, sirs, you walk on two legs. Have I earned my medal yet? The pape thought... To say yes, then realized he didn't know which of the three coals the old bastard was talking about. Three young men, he mustered, Ha! Uh, three high-borns, and did they have guns? Not out where the drift diggers of this town could see them, the old bastard said, and laughed nastily. Nas- nasty. do yeah, You said it right. Nastily? Nastily. That just sounds weird. I want to say Nasty league Nasty I, I, Lee. That sounds all right either. They both had them all right. Probably hidden in their bedrolls. I set my watch and warrant on it. Aye, ah, the pape said, I suppose you would. Three young men, one of the son of a lord of a gunslinger. You think Stephen of Gilead. And the name was familiar to him. Aye, ah, it was. Stephen the Chain of Gilead, that is. And that name did he give... And what name did he give this young lord? The old bastard had screwed up his screwed his face up, alarmingly in an effort to remember. Deerfield, Deerstein. I don't quite remember. That's all right. I know it, and you've earned your medal. Have I? The old bastard had edged close again. His breath gagging, gagging, gagging. Su- uh, sweet. With the weed. Gold or silver? Which is it, my friend? Lead, the pape replied. Then hauled his. hold leather. then hauled leather and shot the old man twice in the chest. Doing him a favor, really.
1: Really? Really? Well, he's
0: on the weed. Come on. Uh, come on. You, got, you gotta okay. save him from so, that.
1: So right. that's what we're doing now. Anybody with a drug addiction, just. Get rid of him. Oh, okay. Get, get whatever information you need and then. Put
0: him out. I don't think there's a good way of uh, curing anyone of drug addiction in this uh, this win. This one street town. Magic. Which DePay does not know. And we don't
1: Are you sure? Are you really sure?
0: Pretty, pretty extremely positive.
1: So, pretty much, he's like, okay, well... Now, now I've gotten the information I needed, I can turn around.
0: Now he rode back toward magus.
1: There was a flurry of wings close above his head. A pigeon, dark gray it was, with a white ring around its neck, fluttered down on a rock just ahead of him as if to rest. An interesting looking bird, not, de Pape thought, a wild pigeon, someone's escaped pet. He couldn't imagine anyone in this desolate quarter of the world keeping anything but a half-wild dog to bite the squash off any, would, any would-be robber, although what these folks might have worth robbing was another question he couldn't answer. But he supposed anything was possible. In any case, Roast's pigeon would go down a treat when he stopped for the night. De Pape drew his gun, but before he could cock the hammer, the pigeon was off and flying east. De Pape took a shot after it anyway. Sometimes he got lucky, but apparently not this time. The pigeon dipped a little, then straightened out and disappeared in the direction De Pape himself was going. He sat astride his horse for a moment, not much put out of com- countenance. He thought Jonas was going to be very pleased with what he had found out. And then but he you found so way. precious little.
0: You have a weed eater telling you that he thinks this kid is a descendant from Arthur Eld. That's what you're going to believe. That's it. Yes. That's you taking his word on it.
1: It makes sense, okay? Well, it makes sense. The it guy, fits
0: along with their theory already, but.
1: but... One, you don't want to be in this town. You don't want to go any farther. Two, the guy remembered you, so he might remember someone that came in a couple of days ago.
0: We're don't believe the weed eater. Come on. Come on. Jonah should shoot you where you stand.
1: On a late afternoon, three days after Roy de Pape left Ritzy and headed his horse towards Ambry again, Roland Cuthbert and Elaine rode north and west of town, first down the long swell of the drop, then into the free land Hambury folk called the Bad Grass, then into desertry wasteland deserty
0: deserty desert 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 wasteland
1: jeez, that's a commercial. <laughs> says, the distance between the end of the drop and the bluffs were perhaps six miles. Three quarters of the way across they passed the flatlands, only real geographic feature. A jutting up thrust of rock that looked like a finger bent at the first knuckle. Below it was a small boomerang-shaped green sward. And when Cuthbert gave a... I didn't even know how to... Ooh.
0: Oh, Lordy? All, <laughs> all lighting. All, all lighting. I, I don't know. I Either
1: way, he yodeled pretty much. I
0: did. He did yodel.
1: Yell to hear his voice bounce back at him from the buffs ahead, a pack of chattering billy-bumblers broke from the green place and went racing back southeast towards the drop. That's hanging rock, Roland said. There's a spring at the base of it. Only one of these parts, they say. It was all the talk that passed between them on the ride-out, but a look of unmistakable relief passed between Cuthbert and Elaine behind Roland's back. For the last three weeks they had pretty much marched in place as summer rolled around them and passed them. It was all well for Roland to say they must wait. They must pay greatest attention to the things that didn't matter, and count the things which did from the corners of their eyes. But neither of them quite trusted the dreamy, disconnected air which Roland wore these days, like his own special versions of Clay Reynolds' cloak. They didn't talk about this between themselves, they didn't have to. Both knew that if Roland began courting the pretty girl whom Mayor Thorne meant for his gilly, and who else could that long blonde hair have belonged to, they they would be in very bad trouble. But Roland showed no courting plumage, neither of them spied any more blonde hairs on his shirt collars, and tonight he seemed more himself. As if he had put that cloak of abstraction aside. Temporarily, mayhap. Permanently, if they were lucky. They could only wait and see. In the end, Ka would tell as it always did.
0: They weren't so lucky.
1: No,
0: no. I mean, just... We would have this book (laughs) if they were lucky.
1: Roland wouldn't have foreshadowed all of his tragic... Yeah. Tragic times if this was... As bad as it is,
0: we already know what's going to happen. He's kind of said multiple times kind of what perspired.
1: Well, yes, he, in multiple previous books. Yes. uh, His, the love of his life. Obviously, she's not with him anymore, so something had to have (laughs) happened.
0: A lot happens. A lot happens. Uh, The lookout don't like it, Will, Cuthbert said, knocking his knuckles on the skull. I don't like it much either. What are we out here for? To count, Roland said, "We were sent to count everything and see everything, and this is something to count and see." Oh, I, Cuthbert said, "Oh, I, oh, I, oh, I, oh." <laughs> uh, he held his horse with some effort. The low grinding well of the thinny had made a skittish sixteen hundred and fourteen. Yeah, made it skittish sixteen hundred and. Fourteen fishing nets, seven hundred and ten boats small, two hundred and fourteen boats large, uh seventy oxen, and nobody will admit to oh seventy oxen that nobody will admit to. How do you have seventy that no one oh yeah, I, I do i don't know where those are came from i don 't know
1: seventy of them well he's been he's been going around and they're kind of like peeking out behind people seventy and... seventy that's
0: a lot of oxen just lying around. Uh, oxen nobody will admit to And on the north of town One thinny Whatever the hell that is Yeah, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd all like to know And the description we get Is terrifying is amazing. Yes. It's terrifying It is
1: horrifying, but I love it
0: uh, We're gonna find out, Roland said They roll, rode into the sound And although none of them liked it No one suggested they go back They had come all this way And Roland was right This was their job Besides, they were curious. Yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of curious. We've got some description from Roland and Eddie and Susanna back at the beginning of the book. But this description is a lot more terrifying.
1: Yes, and so right now they can't even see it. All they see is the canyons and then this grassy patch with a small little path going through it. Like, people specifically shoved the branches in there to make the sound yeah susan told him yeah so it's like you see a small little path and literally it's like are we going in cuthbert asked let the recording angel note that i'm against it although i offer no mutiny roland had no intention of taking them through the brush and toward the source of that sound not when he had only the vaguest idea of what a was "'He had asked a few questions about it over the last few weeks "'and gotten little useful response. "'I'd stay away,' was the extent of Sheriff Avery's advice. "'So far his best information was still what he had gotten from Susan "'on the night he met her. "Sit easy, Bert. We're not going in.' "'Good,' Elaine said softly, and Roland smiled. "'There was a path up the canyon's west side, steep and narrow, "'but passable if they were careful.' They went single file, stopping once to clear a rockfall, pitching splintered chunks of shale and hornfells into the groaning trench to their right. When this was done, and just as the three of them were preparing to mount up again, a large bird of some sort, perhaps a grouse, perhaps a prairie chicken, rose above the lip of the canyon in an explosive whirr of feathers. Roland dipped for his guns and saw both Cuthbert and Elaine doing the same thing. Quite funny, considering that their firearms were wrapped in protective oil cloth and sec- secreted beneath the floorboards of the Barquet bunkhouse.
0: Uh. Once they got to the flat and barren ground at the top of the path and the sky opened out above them again, it was a little better, but by then the light was almost gone. And when they dismounted and walked through the canyon's crumbling edge, they could see little but shadows. No good, Cuthbert said disgustingly. We should have left earlier, Roland. Will, I mean. What dummies are we? We are. I can be Roland to you out here if you like. And we'll see what we came to see and count what we came to count. One thinny, just as you said. Only wait. Yeah. They waited.
1: You, you you talked about the horrifying description and then skipped it. <laughs> Unless you were talking about the bird later on.
0: I'll talk about later. I mean oh. Was there a better description in this little piece here that I skipped?
1: It's uh it was just about the sound. It says Roland found the effect of being this close to the thinny was cumulative. It wasn't a sound you could get used to. Quite the contrary, in fact. The longer you were in the immediate vicinity of Eyebolt Canyon, the more that sound scraped away at your brain. It got into your teeth as well as your ears. It vibrated in the knot of nerves below the breastbone and seemed to eat at the damp and delicate tissue behind the eyes. Most of all, though, it got into your head, telling you that everything you had ever been afraid of was just behind the next curve of the trail or yonder pile of tumbled rock waiting to snake out of its place and get you.
0: Sounds Hawaiian, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> Perfect. We'll just have to bring a piece of metal one day and be like, this is the thinny guys. <laughs>
0: exactly. Sounds Hawaiian. We'll
1: no. no, it doesn't. I'll
0: play my cello and you can play the song.
1: Listen.
0: <laughs> and I'll try to get me some vibrato on my bow. I'm <laughs> practicing that and you can...
1: Just... It's like the signs when you take one of the signs at work and
0: you're Uh like, not as metallic, but still that
1: warbling, warbling noise.
0: Warbling, bling, bling, (laughs) bling.
1: So pretty much they finally get to the top and they realize, well, we should have left a lot earlier considering it's already dark now. What are we supposed to see? And Roland tells them to wait. All
0: that. Oh, okay. <laughs> they waited, and not 20 minutes later, the peddler's moon rose above the horizon. A perfect summer moon, huge and orange. It loomed in the darkening violet swim of the sky like a crashing planet. On its face, as clear as anyone had ever seen it, was The Peddler. And what exactly does a peddler look like?
1: I don't know. I was going to look it up before the show started and I, just, I spaced it.
0: Uh, who? Uh, he who came out of nuns. Nuns? With this sack full of what?
1: For those of you... Gnomes? Those of you who are not... No, you're correct. But those of you not reading the book, it's spelled nuns as in like nunsia. Like nothing. Not N U N S.
0: Nuns. nuns. Yeah. He didn't come came out, of out, nuns. out of a nun. <laughs> came out of a nun. I'm not going Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to just, just be quiet. Let's just go with okay. okay. Oh with a sack full of squealing, squealing souls, a hutched figure made of smudged shadows with a pack clearly visible over the cringing shoulder behind it. The orange light seemed to flame like hellfire. Ah! Catherine said. That's an ill sight to see, with the sound coming up from below. Yeah, wonderful. Yet they held their ground. And the moon rose into the sky, shrieking a little as it went and turning silver. Eventually it rose enough to cast a bony light into the eyebolt canyon. The three boys stood looking down. None of them spoke. Roland didn't know about his friends, but he didn't think he himself could have spoken even ...if called on to do so. it uh,
1: It's, uh, She said the Bolt Canyon looked like a chimney lying on its side... ...and Roland supposed that was also true. But if you allowed that a falling chimney might break up a little on impact... ...and lie with one crooked place in its middle. Up to that crook, the canyon floor looked ordinary enough... ...even in the litter of bones, the moon showed them was not extraordinary... Many animals which wandered into box canyons hadn't the wit to find their way back out again, and with eyebolt, the possibility of escape was further reduced by the choke of brush piled at the canyon's mouth. The sides were much too steep to climb, except for maybe one place just before the crooked little jog there Roland saw a kind of groove running up the canyon wall with enough jutting spurs inside inside it to maybe provide handholds. There was no real reason for him to note this. He just did, as he would go on noting potential escape routes his entire life. I like that line. (laughs) Beyond the jag and the canyon floor was something none of them had ever seen before. And when they got back to the bunkhouse several hours later, they all agreed that they weren't sure exactly what they had seen. The latter part of Eyebolt Canyon was obscured by a sullen, silvery liquinescence form from which snakes of smoke or mist were rising in streamers. The liquid seemed to move sluggishly, lapping at the walls which held it in. Later they would discover that both liquid and mist were a light green. It was only the moonlight that had made it look silver. As they watched, a dark flying shape, perhaps it was the same one that had frightened them before, skimmed down toward the surface of the thinny. It snatched something out of the air, a bug, another smaller bird, and then began to rise again. Before it could, a silvery arm of liquid rose from the canyon's floor. For a moment, that soupy, grinding grumble rose a notch and became almost a voice. It snatched the bird out of the air and dragged it down. Greenish light, brief and unfocused, flashed across the surface of the thinny like electricity, and it was gone. The three boys stared at each other with frightened eyes. "'Jump in, gunslinger,' a voice suddenly called. IT WAS THE VOICE OF THE THINNY, IT WAS THE VOICE OF HIS FATHER, IT WAS ALSO THE VOICE OF MARTIN THE ENCHANTER, MARTIN THE SEDUCER, MOST TERRIBLE OF ALL, IT WAS HIS OWN VOICE. JUMP IN AND LET ALL THESE CARES CEASE, THERE IS NO LOVE OF GIRLS TO WORRY YOU here, AND NO MOURNING OF LOST MOTHERS TO WEIGH YOUR CHILD'S HEART, ONLY THE HUM OF THE GROWING CAVITY AT THE CENTER OF THE UNIVERSE, ONLY THE PUNKY SWEETNESS OF ROTTING FLESH. Come, gunslinger, be a part of the thinny. Dreamy-faced and blanked eye, Elaine began walking along the edge of the drop, his right boot so close to it that the heel puffed little clouds of dust over the chasm and sent clusters of pebbles down into it. Before he could get more than five steps, Roland grabbed him by the belt and yanked him roughly back. Where do you think you're going? Elaine looked at him with sleepwalkers' eyes. They began to clear, but slowly. I don't. "'No, Roland.' "'Below them, the thinny hummed and growled and sang. "'There was a sound as well, an oozing, sludgy mutter. "'I know,' Cuthbert said. "'I know where we're all going. "'Back to the barque. "'Come on, let's get out of here.' "'He looked pleadingly at Roland. "'Please, it's awful.' "'All right.' "'But before he led them back to the path, "'he stepped to the edge and looked down "'at the smoky silver ooze below him. "'Counting,' he said, with a kind of clear defiance. Counting one thinny, then lowering his voice, and be damned to you. Hmm. Let's not go to the thinny ever, okay?
0: It has its own part to play.
1: I know, but it just... It reminds me of fog. Like how... Just fog seeping across the road, and you're just like... Hey!
0: Except it's in a giant bubbly shape. Yeah. It can re- it's a little green, it can reach out and grab you and suck you into its horribleness.
1: It's just... It's eerie because when you think of how fog moves, how it's like, it will go along a surface and then if there's a drop, you can literally see it drop. It doesn't just float over it. It just starts tumbling over the edge. And it's just always weird because it seems like it's alive. It's like reaching out. That's why
0: she used horror movies a whole lot. <laughs> or most good horror movies yeah. that want to give a creepy, mysterious atmosphere. It's dark and foggy or dark and rainy. Because people are scared of what's in dark and rain makes it less visible and fog makes it less visible.
1: Well now that we know about thinnies and stuff well, <laughs> the the low ground fog is gonna be ten times worse, okay?
0: <laughs> uh, as they rode up the drop on a long diagonal on a long diagonal so as to save the horses a little, Elaine said What do we do next, Roland? "'Do you know?' "'No.' "'As a matter of fact, I don't.' "'Supper would be a start,' Cuthbert said brightly, "'and tapped the lookout's hollow skull for emphasis.' "'You know what I mean.' "'Yes,' Cuthbert agreed. "'And I'll tell you something, Roland. "'Will, please, now that we're back on the drop.' Uh, "'Let me be Will.' "'Aye, fine. "'I'll tell you something, Will.' We can't go on counting nets and boats and looms and wheels, iron and will irons much longer. We're running out of things that don't matter. I believe that looking stupid will become a good deal harder once we move to the horse breeding side of life as it lived in Hambry. Aye, Roland said. He stopped Rusher and looked back at the way they had come. He was momentarily enchanted by the sight of horses, apparently infected with a... Kind of moon madness frolicking and racing across the silvery grass. But I tell you both again, this is not just about horses. Does Farson need them? Aye, mayhap. So does the affiliation. Oxen as well. But there are horses everywhere, perhaps not as good as these. i would admit, but any part port does in a storm, so they say. So if it's not horses, what is it? Until we know or decide, we'll never know. We go on as we are. For the love of God, Roland! Part of the answer was waiting for them back at the barquet. It was perched on the hitching rail and flicking its tail saucily. Mm-hmm. Ooh. When the pigeon hopped, when the pigeon hopped onto Roland's hand, he saw that one of the wings was oddly frayed. Some animal, likely a cat, had crept on it. On it, close enough to pounce, he reckoned. Mm-hmm, I'm sure. <laughs> the note curled against the pigeon's life was short, but explained a good deal of what they had, hadn't understood. I'll have to see her again, Roland thought after reading it, and felt a, a surge of gladness. His pulse quickened, and in the cold silver light of the peddler's moon, he smiled.
1: Of course he did.
0: Yes, of course he did. Yeah, we know exactly what caught that bird, though. Oh, yeah. hmm
1: It was a cat, all right. It was
0: a cat. They have no reason to think it was anything else, but... Yeah, how well, that all works out. Mm. Still, I mean, it's, just, it's not a long episode, even with all the well. heart. Oh, let's see. Where are we going next? The next
1: We're... chapter is Sitgo.
0: Sitgo, And it is... Twenty-five pages? Twenty-six pages? Twenty-six pages, so... About. A little bit longer. Kind of a decent normal chapter. We'll see what actually happens.
1: Hopefully something happens.
0: Maybe we'll find out what this creepy thing is. Yeah. I just, I just, I just refuse to accept this, Rhea. I... But, I don't know.
1: I don't remember there being any kind of other I mean, I don't disagree with you... ...mystic thing. But...
0: I just... <laughs> you want to tell me a weird interpretation, Rhea?
1: Do we have one? I thought we had one where... Well, we had her hand and the cat...
0: So, we'll be working our way to bird and bear and hare and fish. So, we will see. 26 pages next time. We are on chapter nine. Nine! The Mighty Nine. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. Other of you? Most of you probably not.
1: Nine was a good movie, too.
0: It was. I haven't seen it in a long time.
1: I was surprised when I saw it because I think I went and saw it in theaters, and I was expecting one thing, and then people started dying, and I was like, "Wow!" It was
0: less of a kids' movie <laughs> yeah. than what it kind of made it out to be.
1: Yeah. Like literally souls were getting sucked out of bodies, and I was like, "Well, this is not what I was expecting." But I'm I'm really enjoying. I
0: actually really like to see it yeah. again. It's been a it was long really time. Really
1: good. <sighs>
0: huh? But uh, that was a. It was short. Important things happened,
1: but it was, but
0: like it was not. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. It was interesting.
1: We could have literally just summarized. it. We
0: could have. Like. Could have. But that's not
1: what this is about. I know. <sighs> we can't. We can't just do five minute summaries. Oh,
0: we could. We could. It's a, it's a read,
1: read-along. Along. Read-along. read along, guys. Read along. Read along. Read along, Yes, sir. Come hear us botch the English language as much as possible. Am, which we hey. do a
0: lot, especially me
1: botch Stephen King's language as much as possible. He made up a lot of
0: language in this. <laughs> I really feel like. A lot weird words. <laughs> no, I
1: think that is a word. I, I know just, know I'm
0: sure it is, but nobody cares about it. We don't like the word.
1: <laughs> 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 I don't know.
0: It was a weird, weird word.
1: <laughs> uh, <sighs> All o- yeah, U l u l elation. Okay. It is, ul o- uh, from Latin Ululu. ulo, u u Okay. It is a long, wavering, high-pitched vocal sound resembling a howl with a trilling quality. It is produced by emitting a high-pitched, loud voice accompanied with a rapid back-and-forth movement of the tongue and the. Oh. <presented>? So, he pretty much did a Xena warrior princess on it.
0: There we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Roland, where would you even find that word?
1: I think you mean king. But... That's <laughs> what I meant. That's
0: totally what I meant. King. Okay. Whatever. Whatever.
1: That was your word of the day.
0: It, it is. It yeah, is. How
1: to pronounce it? We still no idea. You, you still have to find that out.
0: Mm. Because... alrighty As always, you reach me at stars untraveled reach band at KZ Pup reach the show at Beyond Our Focus everywhere including YouTube and podcast services around the globe maybe maybe, maybe. probably in a thinnie no i not go into a thinnie don't do I, it
1: I didn't say it would be a good idea to go into the thinnie I'm just saying you could find the podcast in a thinnie could you
0: I feel like it's only death in the thinnie podcast is
1: death
0: that's, that's not that's not a reassuring okay. thought okay <laughs> Anyway. Not raising (laughs) your hand at all. Anything else before we just just leave (laughs) with that?
1: (laughs) Don't go into a thinny if it promises you a podcast. It's
0: like. (laughs) Till next time! Long days and pleasant nights.